0: You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. If you enjoy this episode, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. Hi, I'm Paloma Faith and this is my five things they didn't tell you about the first year of motherhood. The first one, sleep. Now, I know you've all heard about the lack of it, but I wanted to go a bit more specific. So, when you don't sleep, you do become a monster, regardless of any good intentions. This can manifest in irritability, constant crying, or psychotic outbursts. I've experienced all of those things. I did spend the majority of my time just constantly crying, which is kind of how I've dealt with tiredness in my life but actually the first and only time I was ever violent in my life was around this time and I threw a chair at my boyfriend. I'm not proud to admit it but I'm telling you by way of preparing anybody who's got it coming or reassuring anybody who was there I felt awful, and I still do, because I wasn't myself. And it's a combo of, like, your pregnancy hormones and exhaustion that makes you irrational and you do sort of mad things like that. And I think not enough acknowledgement goes to the whole trauma of it because everyone talks about how terrible childbirth is, and actually you sort of expect that to be bad, but nobody tells you how difficult the first year of motherhood is And that was the bit that I felt like I personally wasn't dealing with it normally or well. And since speaking to loads of mums, actually apparently it was normal. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to underline these five things. Tips for trying to get to sleep is easier said than done. Everybody told me that I should sleep when the baby slept. But the truth is, is you're so happy that your baby's asleep and you might get five minutes on your own and actually conscious that the last thing you want to do is go to sleep what you want to do is actually go and see if you can still look nice with some lipstick on or have a bath or in most cases prepare the food for the baby when they're weaning for the next segment of the day between naps because you often spend hours trying to get your baby to sleep through that exhaustion also so my tips are just know that everything is transient and don't put pressure on yourself to either a sleep at the same time as them or b not sleep at the same time as them just do whatever you can and don't beat yourself up about if you don't achieve one or the other number two bonding Everyone talks about this first-time moment where they instantly fall in love with their baby. But I don't think that's true for everyone. I put here, you won't necessarily bond instantly with your baby. And it's okay. They don't have a personality. They are a stranger who you've never met before. So it's fine. They are also getting to know you. So when I first had my baby, I thought that the midwife had put the wrong one next to me. And that they'd sort of accidentally modelled them up. And I was looking at the baby and going, that's not mine, it doesn't look like us. And my boyfriend was looking and going, no, it doesn't. And then we were like, oh, maybe they got swapped. So we asked the midwife, is this really ours? And the midwife laughed and said, you know, this is really normal, you know, guys. It's definitely yours. And what you're worrying about is completely normal. And... I think, you know, people put a lot of pressure on you to bond with your baby and they, and there's this kind of implication as well that breastfeeding will just be natural. You just put your baby on your body and the baby will find the boob. That's absolute nonsense because you've got to learn how to breastfeed. So it's not really fair on either you or your baby to expect there to be this major bond. The one thing that I did feel, though, which was the instinctual thing that maybe some people who write about the bond have got confused about, is this sort of weird, overwhelming sense of duty and obligation to this vulnerable thing, which took over and lasted a long, long time, luckily, while I was building my bond with this baby. But the initial feeling wasn't a bond. It was about actual duty. So everyone's getting confused about me saying that I raised my child gender neutral. And I'm not in terms of gender. So my child was definitely born a gender. And is that gender right now? If they decided to change that gender in the future, I would fully accept. And would change my view and words that I used around the baby accordingly he would actually at that point no longer be a baby anymore but what I do think's really important is that babies are very small and they don't really know who they are or what they are or what they're interested in so when I said gender neutral I meant that I think boys and girls should all play with dolls and boys and girls should all play with building blocks and lego and all those things and you shouldn't really restrict they're learning based on agenda or they're feeling that their opportunities might be restricted based on a gender. So I try and cultivate my child to have as open parameters as possible and that in itself is a bonding you know, way of raising your child because you're sort of allowing them the freedom to be who they are and develop into the person that they are and also the freedom to change that as well like I look back on who I was as a 10 year old and it was very different to who I was as an 18 year old and then who I was as a 25 year old so I think that's all really important number three friends Even if you want to stay cool and go out and hang out with your childless friends like you used to, you probably won't. And when you do, you'll leave about 11 or 12 at night latest and then take four days to recover. Also, you're going to definitely make friends with people that you never would have liked in the past just because you all have kids and you'll have more in common with them than most other people and sort of even love them a bit, even if they wear Crocs or Ugg boots friendship's interesting when you have a kid because I think you've got to sort of put less expectation on yourself to try and be who you were once before and you know what eventually that stuff does come back but in the first year it's really difficult because you're trying to re-establish your place in society with this new person who's really dependent on you and also re-establish your place within your relationship with a third person involved. So it was once two of you and then now it's three or even four if you've had twins or it's five or six if you had kids before that and you're re-establishing all of your relationships with each other. So it's really hard for the first year in my view to try and look outside of that world unless the friendships feel like they're useful to you in that time and most of the time that will be with other parents going through the same thing as you and it's interesting because you just find yourself like your priorities of what you want in people changing actually you just want somebody who understands how much your boobs hurt for a bit I would say advice on that as well is keep your friends. Make sure you keep an open dialogue with them. And if you don't want to leave your baby to go and be with them, then get them to visit and, you know, text them in the horrible lonely hours of the night when your partner's next to you snoring and sleeping through the baby crying and keeping you up all hours. And rather than resent him, you just think, actually, I might just text my friends. Okay, number four, the baby weight. Okay, it's the hardest thing in the world to lose that baby weight because you got into the habit of eating everything you want for a while and all those celebrities who do it instantly mustn't have been eating that much during pregnancy. Even when you've lost it, your ribs are going to be wider anyway so you still might not fit into your old clothes ever again even if you are emaciated. This is proven. I know many women who look thinner than they ever were before but for some reason they can't get into their old dress and that's because your ribs expand to make room for the organs that lift up when you're pregnant and sometimes you know they stay a little bit open they close a bit but they don't completely close So don't get mixed up about that being baby weight. And also give yourself time. I was lucky because I've got a personal trainer and she had three children. And all she kept telling me the whole time was you've got to be patient with yourself and you do it slowly but surely. You don't just suddenly peg it and go on a run. The first day you're back. You have to sort of be kind to yourself and also acknowledge what your body's done for you because the truth of it is, is you created a human being. I'm still half a stone heavier than I was before and I've decided to keep that half stone because the amount of sacrifice that I'd have to do of my own happiness just to be half a stone lighter is way more than the joy that I get from being able to eat a packet of biscuits every so often. <laughs> Well, when I was pregnant, I ate loads of grilled cheese sandwiches. And what's weird is I thought that that would be something I really missed. I was like eating them, thinking I'm going to miss these so much when I'm not pregnant. But I don't really like them anymore. Hormones. Number five. Okay, sex, right? Nobody really talks about this. You are not abnormal if you don't want to have sex as often after you've had a baby, especially not in the first year. You're exhausted. Your intimacy needs are being met by your baby because you're looking at them and they're breastfeeding. And I know it's different, but it's so beautiful, that intimacy. But you have to be patient with yourself. So first of all, you're dealing with the physical thing of the pain that is entailed from starting to have sex again after having a baby is excruciating and not very attractive and alluring to want to be involved in. And, you know, you should find other ways to be intimate if you're up for it with your partner other than just intercourse because it does hurt and that's enough to put anyone off. And then, you know, once it doesn't hurt, then you're dealing with exhaustion, tiredness, and what I said about the intimacy thing, and you have to sort of realign yourself with your partner and find a new way to kind of establish your relationship again, and that sometimes takes time. I remember for us, like at first it's like, you know, every so often, and then it gets more frequent, and then it gets more frequent, and then before you know it, you're kind of back to where you were, and that takes time and patience and love, and also... I think that if you're not having sex, it's really important for your relationship to find other ways to be intimate with each other that bond you, like going out for a date, if you can, as soon as is humanly possible, depending on what you're doing, how you're raising your child. But at least by six months in, you should be going on a date once a fortnight, I'd say, just to, like, have an adult conversation with each other and re-engage or, you know, watching a movie if you can stay awake or a TV show together that you can discuss afterwards or just, like, cuddling, making sure you kiss each other, holding hands, all those things that you sort of don't think of maybe as sexual, but eventually they're a stepping stone towards regaining that intimacy, I think. But don't be hard on yourself, it's okay. (laughs) Okay, I've got a bonus one. I know it's five things, but I just wanted to say that to all the women out there that as terrible and uncouth and vulgar as it sounds, it needs to be said because it's not said enough. Piles. It's a consequence of childbirth. You probably will have piles. You might have them for a few years and at some point you might feel that they're going to be there forever and give up trying to get rid of them. But please hang in there because through that pain and that constant reminder of what you went through they do eventually go away and if they don't you need to do something about it and go and see a doctor because you can't just live life suffering I think too many people think that pain is part of our existence but it isn't Okay, so I wish that somebody had told me these things about the first year of motherhood. It is definitely one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life and there are moments when you feel like you're the worst mother that ever lived and there are moments when you feel like it was all right and it was worth it because your child just smiles and then somebody tells you it's because they've got gas and it's not really a smile and takes it away from you but hang in there because I really genuinely believe from experience that after one year full 12 months everything becomes so amazing and incredible and better and you won't regret it but it's okay sometimes to think have I made a mistake at the beginning it would make you normal and it's right that you feel okay about feeling like that Thank you all so much for listening to me, Paloma Faith, on the pool. My five things I didn't tell you about the first year of motherhood. Okay. Bye! Thanks for listening. Join us again soon. And sign in to thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you. We hope we we'll see you there.